Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Welcome back to Set for Life. Today I have with me a couple of friends that uh, one of them I went to Bible college with. We're going to call him Josh and his wife, Courtney. Hey, guys. How hey. you doing? Good. How Glad are you? Glad to have you. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, man. It's been a long time waiting to get you in here. And y'all have got an incredible story that I want people to hear. And I'm going to lead into it with a Bible passage. Imagine that. We're going to the Bible. I've heard some Christian podcasts where they don't touch the Bible at all, so I do. Uh, in John 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, it's talking about Jesus Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Now, y'all, when I see it say become children of God, that means originally we weren't because right. we were sinners, we blew it, we, you know, we violated God's law. We had to become children of God. That means we weren't before, then we became we had to come into the family. And I think of the word adoption because I was not originally God's. And I've heard people say, well, you know, Ray, we're all God's children. We're not if it says we become. So when I throw the word adoption out like that, and y'all are y'all have been through this, what is from the position that you have, define the word adoption to me. What, what does that say to you when I say adoption? Well, I would say uh... – For me, adoption from, you know, we can look at it from a biblical standpoint. We can look at it from a uh, a world view uh, that we have. You know, adoption is it's it's messy, it's it's challenging, um, but then again, so is our walk. Yeah. Um, So you know, in the context of like our adoption story, I would say that it is uh, it's definitely it's definitely a, a choice. And uh, a decision that you made, uh, absolutely, to adopt someone. I- exactly. Now we're going to get into y'all's story here in just a minute. But up front, before we go in, you said messy. Why is it messy? Well, uh, you know, it's it's messy because we're you're dealing with the human element, and you know the human element is sinful. And because the human element is sinful, it's, you're going to face challenges not only with yourself. And, and maybe even doubts at times uh, with the adoption, but, but also even with these children that, that you are trying to uh, bring to a better place and give them a better quality of life, uh, they may not realize it. And these kids, they're from hard places regardless of the age, whether they're infants when you get them or whether they're preteens, they're coming with trauma. And I think a lot of people don't consider that. When they uh, adopt mm-hmm. and they come in with presuppositions 
and expectations of the child and, and really of themselves of and themselves you too. know this isn't like little orphan annie where you fall to your knees in the airport with your arms out wide and these kids come running to you right. and you just bear hug them right you want that right but that's not how it's going to be you're you're essentially taking uh, another person that has been stripped of everything that they've ever known and they're because com- they're leaving their environment exactly and they're coming to they're they're leaving with strangers and mm-hmm. what do we teach our kids? Don't talk to strangers. And they're going to have to go live with a stranger. And that's what they're going to have to right. do. To my listeners out there, I want you to know that Josh and Courtney have adulted. Uh, what am I saying then? We've adulted too. We've, yeah. Uh, you've adulted. Sometimes. Very, sometimes we adult. Very little. When I got them in the studio, I said, there's going to be mistakes and I will edit them out. And I made the first one. No, Yay. please don't edit that out. No, <laughs> I, no we're going to keep it raw. We're going to keep it real. I try Y'all not have adulted. to adult. <laughs> we're adulting. Yeah. Y'all have adopted. As adults, you have adopted. Yes. Yes. There you go. I want my listeners. Let's try this again. To my listeners, I want you to know that Josh and Courtney have adopted children that come from difficult backgrounds, from difficult situations with their own unique uh, circumstances. And you've been through this several times. Mm -hmm. Tell me a story that you have back there that you – one of your adoption stories, What this messy, this I'm leaving my environment. I don't know where these strange people are taking me to. They didn't come running to you. Oh, let's just hug. Tell me what happened. How was – give me one of your adoption stories. What happened to y'all in this? Um, Well, Ray, actually, I don't know if we want to start with that or if we should start with our – journey that brought us what got you to it then that's good it was that's just as messy (laughs) it's just as messy and then also for you want deciding to want to do it well yeah this is why i have you in the studio because i don't know i'm going straight to the adoption what got you there very good it, it is a process to get there you know kind of like with our salvation stories you know um there's a process we all have this process that we've been through. You don't just wake up one day and say, I'll get saved today. I, I accept Jesus right now. No, you have you have a story. Right. And so, I mean, with us, it, it was kind of complicated, and it went on for many years, and we didn't realize that that was what the Lord was leading us to. So we knew for a long time that we would like to be in foreign missions of some sort. We thought down the road that we would be um, – in um that was for me that was for you I that was, was like, not my oh, signal to I'm get not on the doing mic. this right no, i'm turning my mic and she thought i was telling her to get closer you're doing fine keep okay. going <laughs> um we have hand signals that might get closer to the mic signal she thought i was throwing it at her okay i'm sorry go ahead um okay so yeah so we we thought that we'd be in foreign missions or something like that and um but actually let me back up uh, we have um, a daughter who's 21, biological daughter. We have a son who is 19, and um, both biological. And I remember when I um, gave birth to my second child, they laid him on my chest, and I had this still small voice, and it wasn't audible. It was in my head, and it was just the Lord speaking to me in ways that he knew I would understand. And he said, I'm going to add to your family, and it's going to be a surprise as to how I do it. Oh, wow. When I had two of the smoothest, most um, most amazing pregnancies, 
that, I mean, no drugs, like three-hour labors. I mean, it was just no morning sickness. I thought, I'm just going to be popping babies out, like all, you know, I'm going to have a whole bunch of babies. And, And seven years went by and nothing. And I was, and, and honestly, you know, to look back and think on it, when I had my son and when, when the Lord spoke to me, I was not a Christian. Oh, wow. And over that seven years, I surrendered my life to, the, to Christ, and I spent every morning on my back porch, and I was watching the sunrise, and I would read my Bible, and I would pray, and that still small voice came back and said, you need to adopt. And I looked over my shoulder. I was like, there's somebody here. What? You know, what? where did Who's that there? come from? Yeah. yeah. And um, so I went in to the house, and Josh is a late sleeper. I'm an early riser. He's a late sleeper. And I went in there, and I poked him. And I'm like, hey, did God tell you that we need to adopt? And he said <laughs> – I said, uh, I said, look, I don't, I barely like my own kids. Why, why would I like somebody else's? Um, and and you know, that's just kidding around. But I, I was good with our typical normal, you know, putting quotes normal nuclear family. Yeah. You know, I had my boy and my girl, and I was done. I didn't want any more kids. And I come from a large family mm-hmm. uh, with uh, lots of brothers and sisters, and so I. I it's not that it was a bad upbringing. It wasn't, but it was challenging, and I was okay with just two kids. I had a boy and a girl. Now, if I had two girls, yeah, absolutely, I, I would want to try for a boy. Or the other way around, if I had two boys, I'd want to try for a girl. But because I had both, you're done. I was done. Yeah, and you know what's funny is through the whole process um, – of adoption, God changes your heart in that. You Thank know. God he's got the ability to do that. Yes. like So, <laughs> you know, I look back and think on that and how many blessings have we given up on because we had the American dream, you know, of just the 2.5 children. They were potty trained too. So like, hey, we cool. all the hard stuff had really been over with. And so I, you know, I just said, okay. And I went back out to the porch and I sat down and I said, God, if you were the one that said that to me, then I need you to say it to him. Oh, wow. And I left it. I didn't say another word to my husband because then it would be me influencing him, you know, or, or trying to, you know, and if it is the Lord, I'm putting my fleece out there and yeah. he's going to have to answer that. So um, it didn't take long, did it? You know, I, I don't recall what the time it was. Three days. was. Three days. Okay. It was three <laughs> <Wow>. days. <laughs> Um, we, uh, I, uh, we were youth pastors. I was a youth pastor at our church and, uh, and, uh, we were getting ready for, uh, an evangelism conference. Uh, we had an evangelist that was coming in and speaking. And, uh, as we were trying to get everything prepared, uh, he stopped me in the hall and said, Hey, Josh, I got a question for you. And I thought it had something to do with a room set up or, or, you know, some technology, you know, making sure the PowerPoint was spooled up, things of that nature. And I said, well, yeah, what, what you got? And he said, uh, do you have a good life? And I said, yeah, I've, I've got a good life. And he goes, well, what's good about it? I said, well, you know, I, I have a job that I love. I, I get to serve. You know, I get to do ministry. Um, you know, my, my family's healthy. You know, I, I got a few bucks in a bank account. You know, my car's running. And so I was like, yeah, you know, I got a good life. He said, man, that's great. He said, but uh, what are you saying no to God about and forfeiting your great life? 
And I just kind of looked up in the sky and just kind of shook my finger and said, oh, that was dirty. Because I knew exactly what he was getting to. And it's not that Courtney had spoken with him. Um, He had just gotten into town. He wasn't a local. And uh, and he really didn't know much about me aside from that I was a youth pastor at this church and I was helping him out getting ready for this conference. And so it was from that moment that I said, okay, God, if if this is – if this is you, you're going to have to make it happen, because as the as the husband and the provider, you know I'm I'm a counting the beans, bullets, and band aids. I'm thinking logistics here. I'm like, right. oh my gosh, these kids are going to be driving someday. I'm going to have to find cars. I'm going to have to pay yeah. for insurance. Yeah. I'm going to have to pay for college. And so that's what I'm thinking is monetary. Yeah, not. You know, hey, I have the opportunity to literally change the eternity of a child. Right. That's not what I was thinking. You know, I was, I was, it was a very myopic view that could only see to the end of my own nose. Wow. And so I, I said, okay, God, if this is going to happen, you're going to have to make it happen because anybody that's been through adoption, it's expensive. Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of expense involved. And so, and so that's, uh, that's kind of what I was looking at. Yeah. So, um, as the provider, that's hard, you know, to have to, to worry about that. So he came to me and said, okay, this is what happened. And I, I think you're right. I, I think we need to, we need to move forward. But then we, we both prayed and said, okay, God, there are kids everywhere, everywhere. What do you want us to do? And um, so we decided that we would separate for a week in prayer, like just pray separately and just not tell each other what we're what the lord's laying on our heart or anything like that and just at the end of the week we would get back together and we would share what we thought the lord had laid on our hearts and he had laid china adoption on both of our hearts china adoption specifically wow Wow. yeah so it was amazing and so then it just steamrolled from there we had um, the adoption agency picked out. We had, you know, everything. And we were sitting in our bedroom one night. We had a split bedroom floor plan. And so we had our our two kids on one end of the house. And we were in our bedroom after the kids had gone to bed. And we were filling out the adoption paperwork, which honestly to me is so I don't know. I don't know if I have a word for it. It's just weird to fill out this paperwork because they say, do you want a boy or do you want a girl? And I'm thinking, well, if I got pregnant, I wouldn't have a choice. So how do I choose this? How do I choose that? So anyway, so we're filling all this out. And, you know, I looked over at Josh and I said, you know, I've always loved the name Elizabeth. And, you know, since God is sending us to China, I would love to name our little girl Elizabeth. And he was like, yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, that's that's just how it works. If you adopt from China, you're getting a girl. That's just – that's how it works. Okay. Then, anyway, yeah. And so that's what we expected. Yeah. So he the next morning got up and went to work, and, and our oldest daughter came running down the hallway. She was probably eight. I think she was eight years old, and she came running down the hallway, and she said – Mom, I had the best dream. She was like, I dreamed that we went to China and we paid them a whole bunch of money and they gave me my little sister. And I was like, really? Bam. Yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. like trying to have like mom face, you know, just like <laughs> totally straight face. But inside I'm like, 
freaking out. Yeah. And so. What was it at this point that we had even told them we were considering? No. These were still the preliminary days that we hadn't even told the kids yet. Yeah, because right. okay. we weren't 100% sure how the process would go. So, you know, we don't want to get so far into the process. And then our, yeah. you know, seven and eight-year-olds are disappointed because everything fell through. Yeah. I don't. We just didn't know. And so. Anyway, she had no idea. She came running um, down the hall, was telling me this. And, and so I was like, oh, really? Um, okay, well, what was, what was your sister's name? And she goes, it was Elizabeth. I mean, and there was no way that she would have heard what, I, what we had talked about. And, and the, she gave details. I mean, so many details. All the way down to, like, she had surgery on her foot and all of these things that just – no one else would have known. We, we, I just, I sent her to the kitchen to get some breakfast and I ran into the closet and called Josh. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You're not going to believe what just happened. Right. And so we were like, okay, so this is happening. We're getting a girl. And so we continued the process. We submitted all the paperwork and we got a phone call from um, the adoption agency about 30 days later. And they were like, congratulations, it's a boy. We've sent, we've emailed you the paperwork for this little boy and you have like three days to look at his file and decide if this is, you know, you want to proceed with this child. And I mean, we just hit our knees. You know, we, we looked at this file and read everything. We're looking at this picture of this precious baby boy and we just didn't know, um, you know, well, I think, I think Josh specifically had said, I need God to show me. That's what I was wanting to go to. Yeah. What Josh had said, he said, okay, I'm for it. And even though you're in the logistics mode, money mode, how I'm going to do this, you did say one important thing. God, you're going to have to make this happen. Yeah. And I, I want – friends, I want you all to understand something. This is how Christians think. When they're pit up against something that they don't know how to deal with, what they do is they turn it over to the Lord God because that's what making Jesus Lord is. Yes. That means you let him deal with the things that you can't do because he's God and we're not. When you still try to do things your own way, you really didn't make Jesus Lord. So, okay, even though Josh said, I don't know how to do this, I don't know what I'm doing, he still said, okay, God, if this is what we're going to do, God, you got to do it. Right. And so now she, uh, your daughter had this dream, okay, yeah. because – Dad turned it over to the Lord, so the Lord says, all right, I'm going to work now. And he did things that it's unexplainable on our terms, right? Right. Oh, yeah. So, friends, you're not – I think a big activator, first the Lord drew you into this, but then now that you're on board and you say, now we're going to do it, you said, God, this is your work. Mm -hmm. Lord, you're going to have to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people get into these, in, these, these things in life where they won't just let God work. Right. That's a huge difference. When you let God work and say, God, you're going to have to do this, versus the guy that won't let God work because I'm going to try to do it. I just wanted to capitalize on that moment there because I was thinking about it and you came back to that. So I was glad you did. Well, and I think another thing too, and this might lead us on a little bit of a rabbit trail, but you know, no, we didn't have the funds. And so we had to fundraise. And um, that's another topic that we can get to into in a minute. But um, we also had people, well-meaning Christians, church members, who said, did God really tell you to do this? Because you've already got two kids. 
are you sure? Are you? I really. And don't these think were believers doing. This. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. it happens. Yeah. The, what was surprising is that it was the folks that you thought would be your biggest cheerleaders turned out to be the ones to cast the most doubt. It does happen. <laughs> we're we're giving hand signals at each other to get on the mics. <laughs> Josh is not on the mic. Get closer to the I mic. I was not and on the I'm, mic. I'm saying that in a very submissive right. wife kind of way. But I've had the same thing happen, too, in my calling uh, to being a pastor in ministry. I've had people that uh, were well-meaning and believers, and they, come on, Ray, you don't really think you can. uh, Same thing. I I get it. And you had to remember what made you keep going, even though they were saying that. What made you keep going? Well, uh, you know, for for me personally is that, you know, Courtney Courtney heard the audible voice. Um, I, I didn't have that. Um, but I had God's word, mm-hmm. and that's how God spoke to me. Yeah. Because when they matched us with this little boy, what was very interesting is at the time I was uh, doing a personal study in Proverbs, and uh, what what came across was uh, Proverbs sixteen fifteen, and it says, "In the light of the king's face is life, and his favor is like a cloud of the latter rain." In that particular version that I was reading. Uh, I don't remember which version it was. It was spring rain. It wasn't latter rain, but it was spring rain. And what was interesting is when we started looking at this little boy's file, his given name, his Chinese name, translated into English, spring rain. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, this is it. So the Lord God confirmed to you. Yes. In numerous ways through your wife, through the word. And that's something – okay, friends, I want you all to understand this. When God calls you to something – to a calling, a decision, or whatever, and he tells you beyond all doubt that you go do this, you are going to have people tell you, no, you can't do it. You've got to remember who told you. You are not who the world says you are. You are who God says you are. Amen. I, I had to go through my own thing about uh, with the Lord where I had doubts, and oh, I'm just a big failure, and I'm nothing, and I can't do this. And God reminded me, but I called you to this. Mm-hmm. Don't listen to pe- people telling you you're going to fail. This very room we're sitting in, in this studio, we got this building, and before we signed on the lease, somebody met me in the parking lot in the dark saying, you don't, you don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work. You're going to fail. They were telling me all the reasons no, but I have to remember God's calling, what God told me. So, friends, I want you all to hear what they're saying in their story. God drew them in. He gave them confirmation. They said, Lord, this is yours. You are Lord. They turned it over to him, and he gave them multiple levels of confirmation so that when the doubter comes to speak against them, they can say, no, I'm not listening to that because the Lord God told me to do it. Very important stuff. So you're all in. You've been confirmed. You know what you're doing. What happens next? Well, what happens next is we hit hit the ground running with um, fundraising. I mean, we had garage sales. We had paint parties. We had, I mean, anything and everything that you could imagine. Because we And we had people saying, well, if God's going to do this, you can just sit back and he's going to provide nothing. it. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. God does not just hand people things. You have to work for them. We have to have skin in the game. Yeah, he designed us to you work. you got to put your faith and your works together into this. Absolutely. We had to put yeah. feet to yeah. that. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what happened? We had strangers come to our garage sales and and say, 
I'd like to buy this model airplane and here's here's $3 and you open it up and there's another, there's like $500 rolled up inside of it. Thank you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.